This is Wrench Nation. Car talk, car culture, car tips, car music, all that is car. Wrench Nation Car Talk. Call or text your questions now. Well, all right, welcome back. Wrench Nation Car Talk, your family community for all things mechanical. I uh, love you, Maniacs, hanging out with us every Wednesday, 4 p.m. If you're catching this on the podcast Sunday, you guys are rock stars. Sometimes you guys may miss the live show, and you go in and out, and we get it. You can always catch the podcast on your favorite uh, podcast player. And, of course, uh, Saturday, Saturday morning, we welcome all of you KFNX listeners, uh, and we welcome you to the show. Yeah, we, you know, we cover some things, Susie. We try to help folks, and more importantly, we're just trying to have fun. We, we cover a lot of stuff, right? Susie, we always said that the show, first and foremost, we're selfish. You listening? Yes. We are selfish. If you don't know by now, this is like show number 127. Man, this is therapy for Susie and I, Susie Sockets. Is it already 127? Yeah. Wow, Frank. Yeah. Where's me, the time gone? But hang on. The most important thing, I have to pay tribute and honor to Please you. Please do. Let's get some clap action for Susie Ooh. Sockets. Susie Sockets is not feeling that good. That, uh, you've one been, week, Frank. That's crazy. I have been sick one week. That is crazy. And it is crazy talk. And I, you know what? I'm going to plug through it, Frank, because that's what we do. So if you're listening, 480-655-8870, I want your remedy. Susie's not feeling good. She's had the bug for, uh, uh, what'd you say, a, a week? week? That's a nasty bug. And you're still standing. Still standing, Frank. No fever. No fever. Thank All right, goodness. so you're listening. Some of you are nurses out there. Some of your students out there getting down with uh, some education on your way to the medical field, 480 655-8870. You're going to text us your home remedy. Now, I don't want chemicals or pharmaceuticals. I want the stuff Susie like mix honey, soil, spinach, and kick it and drink it, and you'll be set. That's what I want. Can we do that? Yeah, please do. Send it to me because, well, wait, somebody might say a hot toddy, but I don't drink, Frank. Not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somehow the people somehow. understand you sort of have... Give us a drinking voice. Well, it's like this, Frank. <laughs> no, it's not. You ain't got that kind of... Wait, no. Come on now. You don't have that kind of drinking voice. Many of you listening know that uh, there is a show topic, and we have one that's laying in the belly of some of this conversation. And uh, I'd like to ask you, 480-655-8870, get the number, because you're going to text. I'd like to ask you, do you know where 24,000 pounds of French fries is eaten at a particular race? 24,000 pounds of French fries can be eaten at one of the world's largest, illustrious, traditional races. Can I take a stab at it? I don't know. 480-655-8870. We are testing your knowledge on the show topic we're announcing soon. Peanuts was considered bad luck since the 1940s at this race. So if you were racing at this particular event, you better not bring peanuts. Oh, my gosh. What is it? Off-road racing? Off-road? No. No? No. What about uh, rally car racing? Ra no, not oh, rally okay, car. Okay, okay, okay. Drag racing. No, not drag racing. You can bring peanuts. To I've got drag one race. more in my pocket. Wait a minute. i got to tell the people. This race tradition had seated at its height, and it's still close to that, 400,000 individuals would be able to attend 
here in the United States, what race way? What traditional race? Mm. You mentioned monster car. Monster race. Yeah, monster no, car. No. No. Not no, drag. No. Not rally. Not off road. Frank, I don't know. Well, let's do, let's do a little Jeopardy action. I don't know. <laughs> oh, well, the Help people, 480 we're announcing the show topic a little uniquely because you guys deserve it. I'll give you another hint. After the race. Oh, I like that sound. Let's play it. Oh, let's do it again. If, if Bree can play that again, here's another cue. While that's. That is the vehicle, the car. Is that pretty sad that my head is actually turning as if I'm as if I'm watching the car go by me? What kind of car is that? Is it? It's not a monster car. Is it uh, like? Well, a, I'll I'll give another hint. Okay. After the race, there's a milk mustache. Oh, <laughs> the milk mustache! Some of you seasoned race enthusiasts, right now, you probably shut us off. <laughs> we are talking about the greatest spectacle of racing started way back in 1909 better known as the indy 500, indy 500. people yeah Woo-hoo. now uh, that's probably one of the most uh kind of strange celebrations of the indy 500 but those are facts Susie. that peanuts like, are bad luck peanuts are bad luck since Did not like know the that. 40s I don't know if it's a shortage. I don't know. But we have a special guest who's going to set us straight. Tony Baraz. And I hope I didn't butcher his name. Tony Baraz, so you know, listening, hanging with us. Uh, He's an author. Uh, He's a writer. He's a journalist. He's been all over the world. And he has an amazing book out called Brick and Bones. And what Tony did is he dove in to the innards, the history, the culture out there at Speedway, Indiana, just outside of Indianapolis. And he actually got to see some pretty cool stuff. So we are bringing you the oh, Indy 500. We're also going to dive in at a little NASCAR. Now, you know how we do in this Wrench Nation. We also have some surprises. Fourth quarter, fourth segment. Fourth inning. Fourth inning. <laughs> However you want to look at it, you need to tune in. I'm not going to tell you, but I do have a motorsports individual from one of the modern day last 20 years. I'll give you a hint. Started in Japan. I'll leave it at that. We have a special visitor, guest. He's a rock star. He'll be joining us. But Tony Barraza is going to be joining us. He's going to set us straight, dive into the legendary history of the Indy 500. And, uh, but first, you know how we do. We like to talk a little bit about some tips, not going too crazy. Time is so short on this show. Uh, none of you called and said you'd be friends of the show. Uh, where's the money button? <laughs> but we always would uh, would definitely entertain doing a two-hour show. But for now, we do the hour. Um, this isn't necessarily... Look, you're driving to school right now. Maybe you got some afternoon classes somewhere at a local community college. Maybe you're a nurse getting off of a long shift, and you said, oh, my goodness, what did I just tune into, Susie? <laughs> Fun. Yeah, well, you need to send us as, uh, your home remedy. Don't forget, 480-655-8870. If we can get Susie well before the hour. Oh, within the hour? I'm saying we need a super <laughs> nice. home remedy. Nice. Yeah, but we want to cover some tips for you. Every week we try to share uh, really the, the, the straight up happening in the garage, never perfect. I mean, we do good enough by people. Uh, small business of the year out there, Desert Car Cure Chandler. 
But I want to I wanna touch upon these recalls, and this was a story maybe a little dated, but well worthy of sharing with you because it's not just something related to your car. All things can have a recall, Susie. Absolutely. It, it could be something for the kids. Yep. We always hear toys. The toys. Mm-hmm. But in this case, you've heard, I mean, it's, it's terrible, and it happens every week, millions of recalls for your car. Of course, a lot of you listening may have heard about the Takata airbag, but I want you to be aware of what comes and goes, but it comes and, and it comes, mm-hmm. and you may, you may fall into this trickery. How about a fake recall notice? No way. I'm telling you, the fakeness out there. How can you do a fake recall, Frank? It looks like an urgent notice. You ever get those? Yeah. Or the money sign, like the Treasury Department <laughs> fakery. You guys ever you ever get that Treasury, that, oh, I got a check from the government. <laughs> no, you didn't. But there are currently FTC warns of these fake recall notices. So I thought, you know what, you guys just pay attention to that. And I'll set you straight because now you're asking, okay, Frank, if I get the federal uh, FTC Somebody look it up. The Federal Trade Commission. Sorry. There's so many government agencies I can't remember. I just know the IRS. <laughs> but I got to know, why would the fake, fake recall? What would be the well, intent? Well, it looks like an official recall. But if you read the fine print, it's not. It's made to look like an urgent recall notice. I'm not mentioning dealerships. I'm not here to bash any dealerships. But my point is... Watch the fakery based upon the alarm to the consumer about a real issue in the landscape. So what does it look like? If you open the email, it says... It's red. It's got big stamp. Yeah. It, it's a recall notice. You'll receive it. But it's fakery. So I'm going to set you straight. You're listening. This is where you go to find out about your car. And of course, you can always... Uh, call into the show with your questions about a recall if you have that going on right now, not sure. Or come and visit our garage, or if you're not in our neighborhood, we got garages all over the country. Great guys and gals in their community. You can reach out to us. But right now, you go to NHTSA, N-H-T-S-A dot gov. I know that's a mouthful, but just remember N-H-T-S-A. And, and that'll have the official skinny on the recall. So there you are. Be careful, people. Don't be hashtag fakery recally situations. That's a shame. That is such a shame. I know. What are you going to do? You know what? This is interesting. You got to check this out. Frank, do you ever drink juice boxes? I still, I like a juice juice box. It makes me feel young. When was the last time you drank a juice box? Um, My daughter, we go with the Costco juicy boxes. I like those. And I'll steal a couple of juice boxes. I think juice boxes bring us to sort of a young state. It does. It kind of digresses us. Little tiny little straw. (laughs) Yep. You like... Oh, this is good. Exactly. Could juicy you, box. But could you ever drink 500? I'd be bloated. Yeah, exactly. And then what would you do with the empty boxes? Well, there's probably a class project to recycle somewhere <laughs> in some school. Somewhere. Well, these crazy guys in Europe, they actually took a Renault 5. Did I say that right? I'm not French. Renault. That's Renault. a Renault. The car. That's called the Le Car. Le Car. The, Le Car. So they took a Renault, a French-made A French-made car. vehicle. They right. gutted it out. They foamed it all interior ways, and then they um, they attached 500 juice boxes and made it an amphibious car. All right, question. Car. Question now. People, you can you know, visually paint the picture. So this Renault. Yes. World-famous, reliable Renault. I'm going to yes. get hate meal on that. Not. Um, <laughs> this Renault was surrounded with these empty 
juice boxes. Yes. And so was the individual French that came up with this? It just said a crazy guy in Europe. Do you know any crazy oh, guys wait. from Europe? Oh, you did say Europe. Yeah, crazy guy in Europe. I'm thinking German. Us Germans. We, we, <laughs> no the Ger- I'm saying the Germans would have done a French vehicle like that. But it uses the expanding foam to fill in the gaps. All right. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. And it actually floats. You can you can actually catch it. It's it's kind of cool. That's absolute craziness. Cra- the, the, the world, you know what? We need stuff like that, I think. And it's funny, Frank, I say that because wasn't it just summer's over, but last week, didn't you just take your boat out for the first time? I'm a fool. I know, and I I'm just got fool. my jet ski back, so we're way behind. Look, you're listening. You, you got summer events, and you've been so busy, but you kind of squeeze it in, whether it's a boat, jet ski, skiing, whatever you want to do. Or a juice do. box for no five. So here I am during the rainy season, which we never see. <laughs> I take the boat out because I just what I got to do. So uh, you guys want to stay tuned. We got uh, Tony Baraz uh, coming by. Tony Baraz, he's going to set us straight. We're going to dive into the illustrious history of the Indy 500. And, of course, we got JB. We got a $50 Visa gift card. You know how we do your Wrench Nation. Stay tuned next. Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, nationwide locations. You know, one of the problems that I can have working in my garage is parts aren't delivered on time, the quality isn't there. Well, guess what? Who's yelling at me, my clients, and they're likely not to come back? Well, the Parts Authority Auto Parts Superstores, amazing service, knowledgeable counter folks, a complete line of original equipment, parts that our customers deserve. If you're an installer, Get on to partsauthority.com. Check locations nationally near you, partsauthority.com. Rock on. Uh, welcome back, Ranch Nation, your car care, car talk, uh, home. We have fun with the show. We are talking Indy 500, one of the most spectacular races. Before we bring Tony Barraz on, we've got JB with the $50 Visa challenge question. JB. Yo. Sorry, Hi, we, we didn't have your music, but you don't deserve that because you didn't show up <laughs> last couple. We thought you fired us or something. What happened to you? Uh, I told you I was on the road, and I was afraid I wasn't going to make it back. On I know. I'm giving you a hard time. I love you, brother, and I thank you for joining us. <laughs> JB with Bolton, uh, Wiser Advisor. Every week we try to test your skillage, your cranial mechanical knowledge. JB, what's this week's uh, challenge question for $50 Visa gift card? I think this is pretty easy. It's how many miles is one lap at the Indy 500? <laughs> how many miles is one lap at the Indy 500? All right. Now, I'm laughing, and some, some people just shut. I could see some of my podcast listeners they. Oh gosh, what did it really? All right, so what? So give the folks listening, and again, fifty dollars Visa gift card. You got to text in. We prefer a phone call. Four eight zero six five five eighty eight seven zero. The question was, how many laps or how many yep. miles is in one how lap? Many miles. So give us it's options. One lap at the Indy five hundred. I'm going to make pretend my daughter's listening. She's learning. We got a lot of youngsters listening to the show. What are the options, uh, JB? The options are 1.4 miles, 2.5 miles, or 3.2 miles. All right. If you think you know the answer to that, there's a $50 Visa. You can do anything. This is a cash Visa card, 480-655-8870. How many miles is in one lap at the Indy 500? JB, what's the buzz? Are you at SEMA, one of the biggest uh, events uh, for automotive industry? Are you there? Actually, we're going to be at Apex next week, so nice. uh, I might have a little trouble getting a hold of you on Wednesday again, but I'll let you know when I know. No worries. Uh, we've got a jam-packed show actually lined up for next week, but tell the people. we got a lot of industry types, and 
and technicians listening, where can they find Bolt-On at Apex, the automotive uh, aftermarket parts expo in Vegas? What booth are you at, brother? Uh, we're going to be in booth 30,001, and it's going to be really hard to miss us, and we're going to be up on the second floor. Wait a minute. What are you, you got, what, what are you, how are you going to miss, JB? What are you doing differently, JB? Well, we're going we're gonna to have... We're, we're just going to be blasting out. People are just going to see us as they walk by because oh, we just want to let everyone know how good the product is, and we want them to stop by and check it out. So it's going to be easy to find you. I'm thinking JB's yeah. dressing up as yeah. something. Hey, by the way, isn't that Halloween? It is Halloween. <laughs> it is Halloween. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, rock on. Interesting. JB, we may try to Facebook Live you and mess with you a little bit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That'll be fun. All right. JB, you rock. We appreciate you hanging Every week for the uh, Bolton Wiser Advisor Challenge. You gotta love JB. I love JB. He's on. He's been oh, on the road a lot. You. Thank you, JB. All right, guys. Take Bye, care. Bye, buddy. All right. So before we bring on Tony, um, I want to just remind you that's a fifty dollar Visa gift card. Fifty big ones, Frank. Fifty dollars. You can like that's a date. There's a lot of things. I'll remind you the question: four eight zero six five five eighty eight seven zero. How many miles is in one lap? Uh, at the Indy 500. Uh, Tony Baraz is probably laughing. He's chuckling. He is the author of Brick and Bones. He actually spent a lot of time diving into the culture, the history. Tony, welcome to the show, brother. Thank you very much for having me. I, I appreciate the laugh, the snicker, the snuckle. I know I know. we lost some of our podcast peeps, some of our serious enthusiasts. What do you mean? I know the answer to that. But Tony, don't give us the answer yet. Well, first of all, how no, do you pronounce no. your last name, Tony? Yeah, let's get that right. Uh, you guys are, thank you very much, you're one of the few people ever in my life to get my last wow. name. Wow. Good job, that's Frank. A that's right a hand there. clap. All right. Well, more importantly, if you don't know, Tony Barras is a prolific author, uh, been yeah. all over the world. I got, I got to set you up a little bit. For a lot of people are saying, all right, who's Tony? You were raised in yeah. all things mechanical. Uh, you've got the book Bricks and Bones, uh, which pays tribute to the legacy of uh, the phenomenon, as the title says, of the Indy 500. Why did you set out, out of all the wonderful articles and, and reporting that you have done all over the world, what triggered you to write this uh, book on the Indy 500? Uh, well, <laughs> actually, Frank, it was just sort of a strange coincidence that, um, whew, boy, about 15 years ago now, uh, I I was working for a guy by the name of Bill Healy. We were, he started a, a motorsport sponsorship uh, uh, agency. Gotcha. And I was working for him, and he was born and raised in Speedway, Indiana. And, and he was always, you know, haranguing me that, oh, you've got to come out and see the 500. You've got to come out and see the 500. You've got to come out and see the 500. And two years ago, uh, we were kind of hitting the summer slowdown over at Automoblog, and I called up Bill and I said, hey, can I crash on your couch and that's, come and cover the five? Uh, that's a story. All right, so if, if you're listening and you are sort of on your way to car enthusiast land, understand <laughs> that part of that ingredient, yeah, you got to know the drivers, you got to understand the bios, but you need to be crashing on some couches. That's Is right. that what you're saying, Tony? <laughs> Well, don't, yeah, don't, don't, don't put anything beneath yourself. I no, think. I know, I know. We're just having, I mean, if you want to you crash at the Hyatt off of Grand, you know, Central Park, you can oh. do that too, but, <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, believe me, and I would have done that, you know, but, uh, no, I mean, you know, Bill was just saying, you always got to come, you know, you know, you got to come and see it, 
And he just lives on Fisher Boulevard, which is like, you know, well, oh, yeah. 200 yards away from the main gate there on 16th and Georgetown. So it was, you know, I'd much rather stay there in Speedway than, you know, stay at the, you know, stay at the Hyatt House or something like that. Yeah, so your first impression out there, you probably had read about it, you, everyone has seen it, probably on TV. Oh, yeah. Um, was it like a bone-rattling NHRA first-time experience where you've got 12,000 horsepower running down the track? Tell us about your experience. Create some theater of the mind, Tony. What was your impression? Well, well the first thing is, is I've been to you know a lot of races over the course of my life and stuff like that. I've been to very few super speedways before. And the first impression that you get just walking into the Indianapolis Motor Speedway is that it's an incredibly vast facility. Right? I mean, it's monstrously large. And the track is, you know, it seems like it's a block and a half wide <laughs> at the uh, at the start-finish line. So it takes up a huge amount of acreage. Yeah, we're talking, I mean, it's some of the, it's still two, over 250 acres of, yeah. of real estate for that. And, and Speed, yeah. Speedway, Indiana, um, that's like a, that's a big deal. Susie, I'd imagine a town like that, uh, which has had a lot of years prepping, that turns into something huge out there. Economy, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, do, yeah. It kicks up notches. I mean, do they ramp up hotels that normally aren't hotels? I mean, hotel. how do they accommodate? What do you get, about 300,000 people in the in the state, in the raceway, and then, of course, the rest in the great bars like St. Elmo's, the restaurants out there. How right, do you right. ramp up for that? Um, well, it's, you know, it takes them more than a month, actually, of... You know, there's lots of signage out. There's other, the, the people of Speedway, specifically in Indianapolis, in a greater sense, you know, are very much behind this. Right? This is like, you know, like the Super Bowl only happened at one spot year after year after year, right? Right, right, right. And, you know, Speedway is just this, it's surrounded by Indianapolis now, but it's this, still it's its own little town, and it's got its own, you know, fire department and all that. they got Speedway High School, home of the spark plugs and all that. Yeah. And, and you know, it's just, it's this kind of a slow build over about five or six weeks heading up to the drop of the green flag on, uh, on uh, Memorial Day. There. Right, as big Memorial Day tradition, for sure. Tony, we have a yeah. caller. I, I want to interject, sure. and I do apologize, but you're going to help yeah. us with the answer. We asked the question, how many miles is one lap at the Indy 500? Who do we have on the phone here? Welcome to the show, Wrench Nation. Hi. Hi, who am I talking with? Uh, Carolina. Carolina. Now, listen, yeah. you know how we do on the Ranch Nation show. You are not Wikipedia, Google, this and this and this, this situations. This is coming from your intelligence cranial, is it? Yes. All right. What say you? We've got Tony Baraz, uh, author of Pricks and Bones. We're going to dive in deeper. What's the answer to that, Carolina? How many miles is that, Indy 500? Um, I want to say 2.5. Well, we got the nice. expert. What, Tony, is this correct? The mileage is indeed 2.5 miles per lap, Carolina. Yeah. Carolina, um, yes. have you been out to? I mean, have you been out to the Indy? No, I haven't. Have what was your last race? And please don't tell me it was just 
back there on a corner in front of your house. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Pretty much, yeah. No, it's all good. Um, Come by the garage. We've got a $50 Visa gift card. We also like to take uh, pictures with our listeners. We'll get that up on Wrench Nation Facebook. You rock. Thanks for hanging uh, to the show. That was pretty easy for you, Carolina. Yeah. We'll rock on. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Tony, in the spirit of Indy 500, two and a half miles. Um, Who came up with this and why? Why was it two and a half miles? Can we speak on that a little bit uh, historically? Yeah, I think it was, you know, they didn't say, uh, you know, we want it to be two and a half miles. And actually, the three guys that came up with it were Carl Fisher, uh, you know, the, from uh, from uh, Fisher Body. Right. Ever remember that. Um, uh, Allison, the guy that ended up making the Allison fighter plane engines, uh, they're also based out of Indianapolis. And, oh, darn if I can forget the third guy. They built it in Indianapolis um, because Indianapolis was the most centrally located town. If you were to, 110 years ago now, if you were to draw out where all of the car factories were in America at that time, Indianapolis was almost dead center. Yeah. And at the time, I think in in Indiana alone, there were like over ninety separate car manufacturers. Oh, at its uh, height. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. we were. So, I mean, I could see that, Susie. So it's not like now you can pretty put. I mean, there's still strategy to where do we put racetracks, raceways. Right. Sure. Um, yeah. But I could see that, like you know, we're talking. Not everyone had a vehicle, and you what you're saying is. We're going to the Indy in the horse and carriage kind of situations, maybe. Right. <laughs> that was yeah, the soup, yeah. Yeah, and it was, it was originally made as an automotive test facility. So if you were, you know, Duesenberg and you wanted to check out the new Model FJ and see how it performs, you could, you know, you could rent the track. And only after it had been up and running as a test track for a very short while, I want to say less than two years, they decided to start holding races there. And, you know, next thing you know, you know, here are the three of us and whoever's listening talking on radio about it. So. That's amazing. Uh, I've got another question to ask the audience. If you're listening, you think you're pretty sharp. I bet you don't know. What is the name of that spectacular Indy 500 trophy? We got Tony Barraz, author of Bricks and Bones. He's hanging with us. Tony, stay tuned. We're going to rejoin after these uh, brief break here and uh, dive into more Indy 500. Bolt-On Technologies, automotive software solutions. Auto repair shops that have Bolt-On Technologies software provide customer vehicle condition reports, including photos and text, real-time digital reports, multi-point inspections, estimates, and repair information at your fingertips. Info at boltontechnology.com. French Nation, your car talk. We appreciate you guys hanging live here uh, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Of course, on the podcast, you guys rock. We're talking, we're hanging out with Mr. Tony Barraz. We're diving in deep behind the scenes of the Indy 500. Tony Barraz is the author of Bricks and Bones. And I'll have you know, automoblog.net. Uh, an amazing contributor. You know, Automoblog is a grassroots automotive industry news, culture, and lifestyle publication. We will get their uh, link on our Wrench Nation Facebook. We asked the question, uh, Tony, uh, this trophy that's given out is uh, tradition. Hasn't really changed. What is the name of that trophy? 
Uh, that is known as the Borg Warner Trophy. Borg Warner being a manufacturer of parts, yeah? That's right. And they also make a bunch of other stuff, too. The first home I ever bought had a Borg Warner sink in it. Now, that's interesting. I the deal when I saw that. It's like, hey, Borg Warner sink, got to buy this. You got a Hey, if they can make ceramics behind some electronics way back in the day, <laughs> they can make a sink. Uh, as automotive yeah. industry types, that's fascinating. I wonder, does the water run faster? <laughs> <laughs> was that that so would be that interesting? Was more of a plumbing problem, and let's not get into that. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. Tony, what was your favorite part about writing Bricks and Bones? Um, my favorite, my favorite part was. Um, well, I mean, honestly, my favorite part was just kind of gaining entry. Was was that um, I was there as an esteemed member of the press, and that was in quotes. And they treat you really nice, you know. They give you this press pass, and you know, other than going onto the track, you know, you can go anywhere you want, anytime you want. So you had full access. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that's always a nice sort of thing to be able to like walk up to Dale Coyne and say, "Dale, so how's the barbecue going?" or something oh, yeah. like that, right? Yeah, that's got to be uh, such an experience. No doubt. We want to bring Tommy. He's uh, he's a fan of the show, hanging out with us uh, from Phoenix. Tommy, you're on the Ranch Nation show. Welcome. Oh, this is Tony. Oh, I'm sorry, Tony. They call me Fred. I, I don't I know. They call s- another <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. That was hard to hear. I have the name of the trophy. Well, give us the name. We got goods for you. It's a Borg Warner trophy. Well, nice. right on, brother. You were listening. We appreciate that. A little time delay. You probably missed it. I don't know. Uh, how long have you been listening to the show, Tony? Uh, for, for a couple weeks. Nice. Really cool. Well, we appreciate you, man. I would invite you to stop by Desert Car here at Chandler. Uh, we always have surprises, man. We appreciate your participation. Um, thank you so much for calling in. It is the Borg Warner Trophy for sure, uh, that Indy 500. Thanks for calling in, Tony. And uh, can I talk to somebody how to get there? I don't know how to get to your station. <laughs> well, uh, Bree will get on to uh, the phone with you here, and we'll get the details, brother. Okay, thank you. Thank you for Thanks, listening. Tony. Thanks a lot. Uh, Tony uh, Baraz, so you had a free reign. Talk to us about some of the driver mentality. Is it your knowledge that, Drivers may have a different disposition in the Indy 500 than they may have in other races, or all. I mean, do the drivers just have that mindset? Like, tell us a little bit more about some of that. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, they know that you know this is a big one, right? This is the one that you know you want to win because they're always going to remember it, right? And so there's a level of pressure there that is really unequal, you know, at least in the North American racing scene. I mean, maybe Daytona for the 500, not the... Yeah, I could see that, yeah. The fall race. But, you know, definitely like the 500 or something like that. You know, it's, it's winning the Indy 500 is like winning the World Series, right? So the drivers and the teams put a lot of effort into it, and you can see that, you know, driver to driver, individual to individual. You know, some are real heads down and quiet and really focused. Game face. They got their game face, no doubt. Other drivers are just real kind of loose and fun-loving, and this is going to be great, and this this is what I've been waiting for. And the closer you get to the green flag, the more and more all of that kind of ancillary stuff dealing with sponsors and, you know, wife and kids and all that, all that just kind of falls away. It and does. It's game down. on. Yeah, I could see that. It's game <laughs> on. Um, tell us yeah. about some of the winningest, uh, you know, some of the Al Unzer senior and junior. 
Um, there is there a tie for the most wins there amongst drivers? Could you talk to us about that? Actually, sure. Yeah, there are three drivers that have notched up four wins at the Indianapolis 500. Uh, they would be in order of 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 the day that they did it on would be AJ Foy, um, Allenson Senior, and Rick Mears. Um, and nobody's won it more than four times. Several people have won it three times, but getting over that hump of of winning it a fourth time is apparently very very hard. And you know, I, you know, Big Al and and AJ and Mears, you know, those were like three of the best indie drivers I you know, I've seen. So, yeah, you know, it's 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 not like you can back into it, right? No doubt, no doubt. Now this uh the historic. Raceway is one thing. The town, Speedway. you got to talk to us about St. Elmo's Steakhouse. Uh, that's become a tradition. Uh, you can catch yeah. all kinds of uh, NBA games there, the Pacers and football games. Yeah. Give us a vibe of what's happening there uh, a week prior at St. Elmo's restaurant. Um, a lot of, you know, well, there's kind of like you use the old term, there's like a lot of swells coming and going, right? There's a lot of rich guys that are, you know, dragging their dates in and out and all that. It's an, it's an older kind of oak-paneled sort of place. Ah. Where, you know, back in the so you can smell the sweat yeah. and history in there. Oh, tons. Yeah. And I like those like kind of places. There's a room upstairs that used to be a speakeasy during Prohibition and all that. But, you know, there's like lots of drivers and team people coming and going. Um, and, you know, like some older drivers that, you know, Young people might not recognize, but, you know, older folks like me do, you know. Well, I mean, I, I got to say this, though, speaking on that, because you do make a point. I mean, motorsports has something for everybody. But no matter what, I mean, you may not be like my daughter may not tune in to all of NASCAR or cast uh-huh. Indy 500. But I think it's fair to say no matter what motorsport race you're in, whether it's Drifting, you know, we got a special guest coming up on drifting here shortly. Mm-hmm. It, they're all going to be in tune to the art of racing. I got to say, they're not just going to be narrow-minded. So, I think the Indy Five Hundred. The reason why we did this show, other than to just sheer pay tribute to it, and if you haven't been, um, I would just say pick up Brick and Bones. Uh, I read bits and pieces, and, and I'll just be straightforward with you i read more of your great stuff on automoblog.net you didn't just write brick and bones and then go away and start roofing you're not a roofer you are a talented author and i appreciate your articles there uh you're covering all kinds of uh industry news and culture automoblog.net i wish we had another hour tony this happens to us all the time because we can keep going uh, no worries. Thank you very much for the time, Frank, and Susie, for that matter. And thank you for reading. Yeah, I mean, you know, I just, you know, I just happen to be a car guy. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it's sort of like being a baseball fan and getting a call from, like, Sports Illustrated saying, hey, you want to write about baseball for us? Man, that's well, a dream. Yeah, that's a dream come true right there, no doubt. Tony Barraz, author of Brick and Bones, thank you so much for joining us here on Wrench Nation. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, Wrench Nation. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Susie. You're welcome. 
Lee Weatherby's Accurate Automotive is a local, family-owned, award-winning auto repair shop in Mesa, serving Arizona drivers since 1992. ASE certified technicians, modern repair facility, and digital reports on every service. In Mesa on Robson Road, just south of Broadway, between Country Club and Center. 480-890-0409, AccurateAutomotiveAZ.com, or Accurate Automotive AZ on Facebook. You know, I figured we'd keep a balance. The show just flies by. We, we probably have about seven minutes to hang with you guys. Drifting is all the rage. I don't have to tell you, uh, and I could be wrong. I'm understanding it's been around 20 years. Tyler Torres, uh, EBIT graduate, automotive, now a, a colorful technician at Desert Car Care. Welcome. Tell me, like, how you doing? I'm good, man. We, I'm talking drift racing. Drift racing, yes, sir. So 20 years started in Japan or so, 96? Yes, sir. All right. Why do you drift? I'll put it's you on. Huh? Fun. It is fun. Yeah. That's, right. That's All right. Well, tell us about your friend. Uh, not just a friend. Uh, actually, pretty competitive drifter. Yes, sir. I want you to announce uh, our in-studio surprise guest. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry if I uh, butcher this. Andrew Schulte. You got correct? it. Schulte. Yes, All right. Sir. We got Andrew yes, Schulte. Uh, brother, this was so last minute, so thank you so much. Yeah, for coming in. No problem um, at all. For those tuning in, we, we just talked a little Indy 5, actually a couple segments of Indy 500. I want to touch upon uh, drifting. You started drifting. Tell us about your history. Who are you, brother Andrew Schulte? Uh, I'm just a guy from the Midwest. I moved here to Phoenix in 2010, and I got into drifting seriously in about 2012. All right. I've been hooked ever since. It's been now, great. when you say seriously, uh, it, people have this notion that they're just going to call somebody, get a lot of money, and put out drift race car competitively you've worked it to the bone yeah no that i mean that's not going to happen it's like any other motorsport in that respect you have to you've got to have been doing it already before you're going to get a lot of help and support from from companies and people out there um it's it's really no different than anything else in that respect um just before uh we get to the next couple of questions you've got some events coming you have some exciting news i want to make sure we announce that tell us about what you got going on in the near future uh, yeah, so the 2018 season is kind of winding down right now, but there's one big event left uh, on the 1st and 2nd of December at our local Wild Horse Pass racetrack. It's called Desert Mayhem. It's put on by the Track Society. That's a big deal. I got a lot of people nodding their heads. Oh, yeah, Desert mm-hmm. Mayhem. Yeah, yeah. Tyler, Desert Mayhem, I know you've mentioned this. This yep. is a big deal. I went last year to their first event. I'm super stoked for a two-day event this year. Right. So if somebody's listening and they may be tinkering, they're trying to work on a – getting to the drag race uh, situations. Uh, what's your advice, uh, Tyler? Me, uh, my advice, um, try and find an affordable car that's not too beat up. Or help somebody that's on their way. Oh, yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, it's good I to mean, pit. Exactly what I'm doing. I, I went yeah. out to the track. I, I met a few people. I, I asked if I could help them out, however, and give my weekends up and ended up meeting a great group of people. Andrew, you see a lot of uh, people come and go? Yeah, a lot come and go, and there's a lot that come and stay. Too. And I was one of those. I started as just a random kid at a local event, bringing his car. He drives to work every day and sliding it around. And uh, I've stuck around. I see a lot of those people have been have doing been doing that over the past few years too. It's I mean it's a really addictive sport to get stuck in because the the community around it is so great. You go All to right. one event. It's, yeah, no, I get that. Tell us a little different. I know I got some of you listening. That you you're big into NASCAR, NHRA, and all this kind of. You know, we just talked uh, legendary, uh, respected. Uh, Indy 500. What makes drifting unique, Tyler? And what makes drifting so attractive? Well, that's. I feel like 
that question he can answer a million right. times better because we just had. But I want to ask you: you you've got an appeal, and you're speaking you're speaking to a lot of people that are in the same kind of situation where they enjoy it. What do you like about drifting, man? Anyone can do it. All right, if, I if love that a, answer. If you have a rear wheel right. drive car. Uh, it doesn't even necessarily have to be stick. You think that's how it started? I know it's in Japan, and we're going to get to Andrew in a minute. In Japan, um, it, it kind of started out there, and it was you can do it kind of like you didn't light, need big money. Light cars, light Japanese cars, low horsepower, and you just get them sideways with your friends. You just get them sideways. Um, I read somewhere somebody um, this is like a demolition derby. Now, granted, that's probably. Yeah, you old timers, you probably can't relate to dra- the, the 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 drifting. No, not you, at all. you find that you talk to some of your uncles or and they just look at you. Oh, you guys yeah. don't know what you're doing, Andrew. You you ever you get hate on that level from? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen it. It it happens. A lot of a lot of old school guys, like you said, they don't understand. You get them it. converted once you start burning and drifting and all that goodness. I have converted a couple. Yeah. I mean, if you're, is that a good feeling, man? Yeah, of I mean, course drifting it is. in general is a good feeling. That's why. After they go for a ride, they can't get out of the car. Yeah. Tell yeah. us about the car you uh, you race. And then also, exciting news, you just moved up into classification that brings you, brings you more game, more seriousness towards uh, your goals there. Tell us about your car. Yeah. Uh, about the car or about the Car. The Let's start with the car and then what's, what's serious. If I could, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I drive a 1993 Nissan 240SX. It's That's one the of, common one, right? Yeah. The 240? Okay. It's one of the most common chassis in drifting. It works so well. It's very versatile. Right. Uh, mine has a six liter LS2 V8 in it. Uh, that's sick right there. Everybody, <laughs> LS2. Uh, I mean, it's like Cheerios and milk. If yep. you ain't got the milk, you ain't got the Nissan ain't a Nissan. <laughs> you got to drop an LS2 in it. The LS um, engine is a very common engine also in drifting. Very reliable. That is a power. power plant on a little chassis right oh, yeah. there. It's oh, my God. Yeah, so LS2, Nissan, um, you maintain, you work on it, you got a crew, how's that work? In between races, what are you doing? Man, up to this point, yeah, it's me, it's my girlfriend, and whatever friends want to come over and drink some beers in my garage, it's just us in our two-car garage, that's now, what the thing's based out of. Old school drag racing. I was going to say it's very much like, if you go back 50s, 60s, guys, and that's why I say, a lot of you drifting is cool, I love it, I love it. in fact, I'm new to it, learning it. Um, and I and I'm going to do a lot more of these shows and bring in some pretty cool guests like uh, Andrew Schulte here and friends and and we, we can't drink. I mean, I'd like to drink, but we <laughs> but I'm saying if you go back in time, there's a connection to speed, affinity, and that whole style of running. Like quarter mile runs, those folks doing ovals, that's their gig. Mm-hmm. So real quick, because we're going to create another show in the future, and we're going to dive in deeper, because to me, this is fascinating. And I'll tell you why it's fascinating. I'm going to just pose something to you listening. Keep up, maybe. The analogy of motorsports traditionally with NASCAR, Indy 500, got to respect that. Could we look at this transition happening now as it were boxing, and UFC. I think that's a really cool comparison to make. Um, and I'm careful because, look, I love motorsports, all of it. I was just down in Mexico hanging out with Baja 1000 champ Sergio Marquez, cool cat. You know why? Because we're humble, man. No matter what, lever- you know, what, how many wins, like an Alonzo Jr. and Sr., those folks are approachable because they're humble. They know what it means to lose and in some cases get hurt and damage lots of money in cars. 
You've got the race coming up. One more announcement about the race as we sort of wind down a little bit. Where's your race uh, happening? Uh, it's the local or season starting. The the last event of this season is at Wild Horse Pass in Phoenix. Uh, okay. The Track Society is putting it on de- December 1st and 2nd. All right. Uh, next year, I'm going to be moving into the professional championship formula drift here in the U.S. Is the I was a clap. Tier. I heard professional. That means you're getting paid. Yeah. <laughs> That's big boy. Not necessarily. You're a big boy. I hope so. I hope it turns into that. Um, but formula drift is the top tier of, of drifting here in the U.S., and they have two classes, Pro 1 and Pro 2. Uh, after you graduate from Pro-Am, you go into Formula Drift Pro 2, and that's where I'm heading next year. You rock, man. Don't forget about Wrench Nation when you get all big bad up there in Vegas running it. I hope you guys don't forget about me. No, <laughs> no. That's why we got you on the show. Everybody knows listening, like, you know, this ain't about no perfection experts. We're not experts telling you how to fix your car all the time. We like to tell the story, man. And and I think, Andrew, in, in just this last-minute deal through Tyler, um, Sometimes the universe just brings it that way. Just know this show is a format for you. I want to help you, right? And so with that, you've had a lot of help. Are there any folks that you want to give thanks to right now? Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> uh, a lot. Um, a lot of friends here locally have helped me out, and, the, and their businesses helped me get this far. There's uh, Color Bomb Wraps and Fortune Auto, my friend Ravi at We Don't, or at, uh, at we Don't Lift Racing, Higher Quality Detail, Extreme Wheels, Wolfram Audio, AEM Induction Systems, 2F Performance. Um, probably most of all, though, I, I'm going to have to thank my girlfriend, so, Rock on, Sophia right Deluzio. She's, she's like my team manager right now, my biggest supporter, cheerleader. She's, Is she listening right now? I hope maybe. so. She's still at work. All right, it's well, all good. She's we'll, probably we'll get driving you. home, so maybe she is. Well, we'll get you a copy. You know, we got the podcast as a reminder every Sunday. Um, we'd like to do more of this and dive in deeper um, with the hope that not only can we sort of educate a little bit on those that are new, but also to inspire folks. You, Andrew, are inspiring. This didn't happen overnight, brother. You've hung in there. And Tyler, kudos to you. Actually, I'm just saying, you heard me, it's like broken record. I'm extremely proud of you, Tyler, because you've been with our garage for three years. You're out there tinkering and wrenching and drifting and all this kind of, but you're becoming a seasoned automotive technician. I yes, like sir. that. Yes, sir. Andrew, it's a pleasure to have you on, brother. Claps one more time. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I'm going to get all your stuff on Facebook. I'll get the links, uh, friends and supporters of what you're doing. Um, the show goes by so quick, Susie. Um, I wish you well, Susie. You showed up to the... Thank you. Were there any remedies that came through? No, but I'm going to give you a hug and we'll do the Wrench Nation bump. <laughs> okay, at <laughs> the end, don't forget better. to hug Susie. Of course. Uh, you can catch the podcast, you guys, every Sunday. Get onto your favorite player. Hang out with us on Facebook. You know, we try to keep it uh, interesting there. And um, next week, we're going live from SEMA. We won't be there. I had to make a decision. I couldn't make SEMA. I'm too busy. I got invited. But we will have a special tire pressure, tire monitor light. Many of you driving right now, that light comes on. You put air in it. The light comes on. It don't go off. I've got a special guest from ATEQ. A-T-E-Q. Uh, they make uh, some of the great sensor tools uh, to fix all that. Uh, Sheila Stevens. And, of course, Jeff Buckley. It's been a while since we had him on. He's out of Midlothian. We're going to kind of dive into some tire tips, old-fashioned tire tips, how to get that pesky light off. We're going to bring it to you next week. Thank you for hanging. As I say every week, be safe. Hug each other. And never forget to hug a mechanic.